Welcome to The Savvy Sauce, where we have practical chats for intentional living. I'm your host, Laura Duggar, and I'm so glad you're here. Trace Deek's mission is to provide a customizable and simple makeup solution for your lifestyle. To do that, they offer high-performance products and travel-friendly personalized routines that save time and empower you to accomplish your goals and do the things that you love. Visit them today at tracedeek.com and use the code SAVVY15 for $15 off your first order of $50 or more. Have you been looking for creative ways to invest in your relationship with your spouse and with your family? You can do this from your home with zero preparation with Night In Boxes. For more information, visit nightinboxes.com. Gary and Marla Ringer are my guests today. They are very special to me for many reasons, but first because we're related. So our families have grown up near each other and I've witnessed them live a life faithful to God and each other. They're going to share their story today about their journey from business to ministry, and they'll tell how they involved their family in this process along the way. Gary has recently authored a book titled Radical Business, From Ownership to Stewardship, which I highly recommend. You're going to hear a few takeaways from that book and learn more about their ministry, Life Song for Orphans. Here's our chat. Welcome to the Savvy Sauce, Gary and Marla. Thanks. It's great to be here. It's good to be here. So glad to have you join us. And will you just start us off today by giving more context about yourselves and your family? Gary and I have been married for 42 years. We have three daughters and 15 grandchildren. We met through our church youth group all those many years ago. He became a Christian at age 18. I did at 17. And then we just ran in the same circles and... God just knew that I needed Gary, and I think he needed me as well. (laughs) And I I would also add to that that nine of our 15 grandkids are adopted, and Marla and I never adopted, but as we'll talk about later, we started an adoption ministry, and our kids have really taken that up. So it's been a journey we hadn't expected to, to have 15 grandkids, nine of them being adopted. And actually, we're a multicultural family because we have... One grandson from Guatemala. We have two grandchildren from China, three grandchildren adopted through foster care, a little boy named Friday from Uganda, and then our daughter Leslie has two teenagers living with her from Zambia that are part of our family. So they, they are part of that mix. That's incredible. And your story has so many unexpected twists and turns. We're going to hear more about that today. And will you just give us some background on your journey into radical business? Yeah, so I started out as a college kid and just getting out of college, I should say. I was a scared kid, not knowing what to do. I went to work for dad. He had this small family feed business and I didn't know what else to do. So I went to work for dad. But early on in that, I learned that I really liked business. So by the time I was in my early 30s, I decided that we had good success in the feed business. I wanted to start a second business. I'd gone to Craft Plant in Champaign, Illinois, and I saw the different rooms of different processes, and I was really impressed by the opportunity to be in the food business. So I started looking around to start another business. 
our feed company at that point was called Ringer Feed, so I started a second business called Ringer Foods. And I told Marla that this is going to be really big, babe. We're going to get rich, and I'm going to retire at 40. Uh, that was what I was thinking. But as we started that business, again, Ringer Feeds had had some success, and I was pretty self-confident. But now, starting Ringer Foods, pretty much immediately from the beginning, we were losing money. And I was realizing I was making people food instead of pig food. And I was realizing I didn't know how to do that. And I started freaking out, if you will, about food safety. And so it just started eating at me. And night after night, about 1, 2 in the morning, I would wake up in a cold sweat, heart beating in my head. And I would lay there thinking all kinds of dark thoughts like, God forbid we're going to kill somebody. And uh, then because I wasn't sleeping, and this lasted for three to five months, I got to the point where I was sleep deprived and then depression and desperation hit. We had three little girls at the time. And so I know Gary was struggling at times, but it wasn't, for me, it wasn't this real awareness of what he was going through because I think he kept it in a lot. But I do remember one night when he, especially when he woke up and he he was just in a cold sweat and he just said, Marla, you just got to pray for me. So we um, got down on our knees and I prayed for him. And so I, I knew he was really going through something, but I was so preoccupied with the girls at the time that it wasn't an ongoing thing for me, but it yeah. definitely was bigger to him. And I think a lot of couples can relate to that because at this point, how old were your girls? Oh, they were probably... Six, four, and two. So you're very hands-on yeah, yeah. at that point. Yes. And Gary, you kind of internalized some of this and we're processing Yeah, I internalized it. And it really taught me, uh, even for wives to know their husband, if they're being stressed out. And I was sleep deprived. So it taught me how fine that line is between doing well and being a mess. I mean, I was never close to committing suicide because of my fear of God, but I actually had thoughts like that. I was just, I cried a lot. I was just a mess. But it was really a great experience in general because God was breaking me of that goal to get rich and retire at 40. And so ultimately, as I would be crying out in desperation and praying to God at night, I felt my mind shift. I wanted to quit, but I didn't feel peace about that. I wanted to quit Ringer Foods. Ringer Feeds was doing great. So let's just quit Ringer Foods. But I didn't feel peace about that. And ultimately what I felt God directing me is have a different paradigm about business. And that led to a just a handwritten contract. It was a contract that basically said, God, if this business ever succeeds, and at that point it was a failure, God, if this business ever succeeds and we sell it, we'll pay ourselves back what we invested with 8% interest Anything over and above that will be used for ministry purposes. And that contract was life-changing. That changed my whole paradigm on business and, if you will, led me into radical business. Well, I love the stories, and I think both of you are great storytellers. So I want listeners to hear, how did God meet you personally through a Reader's Digest article? Yeah, and I'm going to preface that with saying, right after the contract... You should tell, too, though. You wrote this contract down on a notebook paper, like a spiral notebook sheet of paper that he pulled out, ripped out, and he just signed 
exactly what he had said earlier, and he had a space for his dad to sign, who was half owner, and that he signed. And that was as simple as it was. Yeah. But what happened then, my fear died. Now I'm in more of a tangible partnership with God. And so when you're in depression, you don't get into it right away. You don't get out of it right away. So I'm still a mess and still have a business. I don't know what I'm doing. But every morning I got up and I got into this pattern. We're fortunate in that we have a hot tub right outside our bedroom. And I get into the hot tub and I start thinking through the Lord's Prayer. And when I would get to give us today our daily bread, I would start asking God, what do I do about this? What do I do about that? I had never really prayed that much about business before. And I think that was because my motives were wrong. You know, how do you say, God... Help me with this business so I can get rich and retire. But now I'm struggling. I'm in this tangible partnership with him. So I started asking him and started hearing him in ways, uh, more direct ways than I ever had before. And that leads to your question on Reader's Digest. At one point later in the journey, Ringer Foods was starting to become successful. We were starting to do well. And Nestle had asked us to cook some cookies for them. So we were cooking product for them, and we were running into some issues. And they had uh, one of the great things about those big companies, they really guided us. They really, you know, helped us know what we were doing. They had their technical people. And they were sending up some technical people to help us do this well. Well, roughly five minutes before three technical people from Nestle walk in our door, I get a call from our quality assurance uh, young lady and she was crying and they had just tested the product that we were making for Nestle and it had the potential of having listeria which is a bacteria that can be fatal and she was crying she said we may have listeria in this product and then they walked in so I'm by nature transparent, and so I, I was shaking, and I was kind of feeling like crying, but I just shared with them what happened, and they were great, and they, you know, they'd been there, seen it all before, and they explained to me that what you have is the first test, and you now need to take a second test to confirm it, so we didn't know if we really had a problem or not, but I went home, so we said, okay, we'll test it, and they were going to guide us through the issue. I went home and told Marla, and I think this is the end of Ringer Foods. I just felt that way. And she was kind of used to me up and down, and she said, nah. She said, you just go relax, get go into the tub, get relaxed. And so I did, and what was really interesting on the Reader's Digest, the day before I had been reading a story in the Reader's Digest, which is not exactly a spiritual book, But it was good stories, and this particular story was written from a secular view, but they were talking about how prayer changes things. The day before I had started it, and they were talking about people being prayed for in hospitals and stuff like that. Laura, the couple sentences after I started reading again, it had this basically sentence in there. It said, even more astounding than this is they have found that prayer can change, can change bacteria results in laboratories that <laughs> you know i was like wow because here i am just thinking everything's falling apart because we're waiting on this we're going to wait on this bacteria result from a laboratory and i've never read anything like that before or after 
So. Yeah, God's so personal yeah, that so he personal. even had that for yeah. you. Yeah. yeah. So I called up yeah. some friends and we're supposed to pray. And that's what happened. A couple of days later, it came back fine. So I don't know for sure how he worked that, but I do know he talked to me very personally there. And I love, like you said, it's a personal touch, yes. Absolutely. It's so touching to hear those stories. There's two things going on at the same time. You're raising a family. You're doing all of this with business. And so, Marla, what was your day-to-day looking like at this point? I was just a busy mom. I, I wasn't a homeschooler. So, you know, by the time they went into school, I had free days. But I was a I was a stay-at-home mom. And so... Gary was, he, he had his career and this was my career. And I, I just trusted him a lot with business decisions. I think that's also part of our, we just, he would tell me about things and I would listen, but I just, I left the decisions on business up to him because he pretty much left the running of the household up to me. And I just yeah, trusted his, I was always, always supportive. Yeah. I rarely questioned. Once in a while, but rarely. And if I was going up and down, which I have a tendency to do, she was more the rock, if you will. She Things didn't stress her out like they did me. Yeah. But then I also wasn't living that right. stress like he was. <laughs> but it sounds like prayer was really important to both of you, that that's something maybe that united you through all of this. Definitely. And I noticed a big difference in him and with his relationship with the Lord because of the struggle. And actually prompted me to, I mean, we both love our quiet time. We both love our mornings where we just are quiet with the Lord on our own. And it's always, yeah, it's been a real, that part's been a real joy. Yeah. And I would say prior to the contract, prayer was a discipline. I mean, I did it and I was a believer, but after the contract and I started going through that and and, and experiencing God in more tangible ways, it became the my favorite part of the day. And it was a more of a relaxed prayer, uh, sitting in the hot tub, sometimes falling asleep. Before, it was more like on my knees five minutes, and if I don't, if my mind wanders, slap my hand, I can't do that. Now it's a 45-minute, two-hour time with the Lord with my best friend every morning. It was just became my favorite part of the day, and it still is. Now let's take a brief break to hear a message from two of our sponsors. Trace Deke was created to help you redefine your relationship with beauty for the better. They encourage you to discover a new relationship with your makeup or improve the one you currently have so you can simplify your routine, reclaim your time, and find peace with the complexity of makeup. They value smart beauty. That's why they offer innovative, super efficient, convenient products and routines that are customized to you. Their approach to doing makeup is simple. From the products, to the application, to the bag you carry it all in, they offer everything you need and nothing you don't. So you can save time on applying your makeup every day. And as a community of like-minded women, they created products with real beauty standards in mind. Their mission is to provide a customizable and simple makeup solution for your lifestyle because they believe that everyone gets to a point where they not only want a simpler relationship with makeup, they need it. Go to tracesteek.com. There you can build your customized routine today. And don't forget to use the code SAVVY15 
for $15 off your first order of $50 or more. This is limited to one use per customer, and I hope that you visit them today. We want to say thank you to our sponsor, Night In Boxes. They do all the work and research fun activities and then ship you a box each month so that you can invest in your most meaningful relationships. Each date night inbox includes interactive activities with ambiance and a tasty treat to bring couples together in meaningful ways. For families who order a night inbox, you will also receive a box with interactive activities and a tasty treat all centered around life lessons. Night In Boxes hopes to bring children together with an influential adult in a creative, fun, and meaningful way. We first tried the Faith Family Box and our children were giddy when our box arrived in the mail. I loved having an intentional family night to look forward to that took no preparation from me. In addition to receiving a custom curated experience each month, you will also become part of a community that allows for an experience to be enjoyed beyond the box. So gift your loved one with a subscription today. Visit nightinboxes.com. Thanks for your sponsorship. So it sounds like prayer really united both of you together during this whole process. But let's also expand the topic a little bit more to parenting too, because you have three girls. Was prayer important to them during this process as well? Yeah, we we were pretty authentic with our kids. I mean, we just basically would tell it like it is. And so when we had them pray, we really wanted them to pray their hearts. We didn't do the rote prayers that often. We probably started that way. And and it was really neat because at times, Gary, when he would be come home stressed or he knew he had a business decision to make, he would actually go to the girls, I mean, all through their, all through their childhood, and he would ask them to pray for him on this certain business decision. And it really tied our family together because they took an interest in what he was going through. And I would say uh, two things on that. One is later at our 25th anniversary, Mm -hmm. they wrote a book and um, basically... 40 things I love about mom and dad. dad. Yeah. And what was interesting, because I remember when I was going through the ups and downs and struggling, like Marla said, sharing with them, they really appreciate that because it was showed them the realness. And then when cool things happen, like the Reader's Digest thing, they would know that too. And one other thing I will say, I mean, during that time, there was times where I was so focused on the business that I was not into it the way I should have been with my family. Uh, I mean, I was always faithful, but I was really, my mind would be away sometimes. I'd be there, but I wouldn't be there. But the one thing I did do right was I always put the three girls to bed. That was my job. And I would stand, uh, we had two bedrooms, two girls in one and one in the the other bedroom. And I would play the guitar and I'd sing songs and they'd have their favorites. Then I'd pray with them. And then uh, while they were little, I would lay down with them. I'd a lot of times fall asleep. But what I found is that kids, when they go to bed, is a very tender time. And that's when you can reach them. And we would always say, what's the most important thing that you're going to do when you grow up? And that's to repent and give your life to the Lord. That was a, a nightly thing that we would say, you know, and then and they would pray, God, give me grace that when it's the right time that I... I will give my life to the Lord in in a meaningful way. And I always told them, as long as you're praying that day by day, 
you're going to know when the right time to give your life to the Lord, and and He'll be faithful. And so it was a great and thankfully memory. we weren't living in a vacuum. We had close friends who raised their kids very similar to the way we did, and so there was that positive peer pressure for our kids with families who we all wanted that same thing. And so there wasn't a lot of that pulling away because somebody gets to do something they didn't. So, I mean, we weren't unique in that, that yeah. our, we, our, our dear friends raised their kids very similarly as, as we all tried to do. Cause we had that one goal was that they grow to know the Lord, right? Personally. <laughs> that, that was just a thing that every night in my um, routine with them, we, that was nothing else matters outside of that. If, yeah. you, if, if you do give your life to the Lord, that's the whole thing. So, and, and I remember one instance in particular when this was back when we were still working with the feed business because we were traveling to, right? Wasn't that with the feed business when we traveled to Holland? And we were going to fly overseas yes. and we were sitting at the dinner table. And I still remember Leslie, she was probably in fourth grade. And her eyes got wide when she knew we were going to fly over the ocean, and it kind of freaked her out. And she says, what if the plane crashes? And and, and I was frankly freaking out about yeah. that a little myself, because <laughs> it was my first flight overseas. And it happened that just that week or the week before, Dr. Dobson had his heart attack. And I was an avid listener of Focus on the Family. And he was being wheeled into surgery, and his son Ryan was there, and he told his son, Ryan, he said, I don't know what's going to happen if I'm going to come out of this or not. But the most important thing to me is that you will be there in heaven so that when I am there, I will see you there too. And so be there kind of became our family motto. Yeah, it was the, the way we said goodnight. Goodnight, love you, be there. That's the way we said goodnight. I'm telling you, we told the girls that just the most important thing is that you be there. So heaven forbid our plane won't crash. But if it does... You remember to be there in heaven. And yeah, Leslie especially. I, well, all of them. Yeah, we still do that. And my license plate is be there five because yeah. there were five of us. <laughs> so Yeah. Good night. I love you. Be there. That's what, Those would be the last few things we'd hear every night before they'd go to bed. So that was kind of a sweet memory. <laughs> That's, that is so memorable. Be there. And like you said, any parent can relate to that. That's the ultimate goal. Hey everyone, we're now scheduling sponsors for 2020 and we would love to partner with you and promote your brand. Have you been thinking about it for a while? We hope that you reach out to us today and check our pricing. Each sponsor gets a message at the beginning of each episode and during the middle. We also link to your social media page the week your sponsorship airs, and we're going to link to your website on our resources page. At this time, we're in all 50 United States and over 90 countries around the world. We would love to help get your name out there to our audience. So we hope you inquire today by emailing us at info at the savvy sauce.com. And let's switch back to your book because in your book, you mentioned that God's timing is perfect. So do you have a story that you could use to illustrate that thought? Yeah. So a story that relates to my dear wife, since we're talking about that whole relationship, as this time went by, Ringer Foods started to become successful and I started getting offers periodically to sell the company. And at one point, there was an offer that I was interested in, but Marla was not. 
And we had as a, just a standard, there's, if there's anything major, we're not going to do this unless we're in agreement and peace with it. So one night, frankly, we were on the way to church and we went by our plant and I looked at Marla and I said, I'm mad at you. She goes, what? Why are you mad at me? And I said, because I want to sell the company and you're not at peace with it. And we have basically three customers. If we lose one of those customers, we're in trouble. And Marla said, oh, Gary, you'll figure it out. And I said, yeah, easy for you to say. So that was our little conversation. I wasn't really mad at her, but I was just frustrated. Well, within that week, I was on a plane going down to visit one of these customers. And I was in the plane uh, 30,000 feet up reading a book by Chuck Swindoll. And it was called The Mystery of God's Will. And the reason why I was reading that, I'm still searching this out. I'm trying to figure out what does God want us to do? But as I read, I read, he was a chapter, he was talking about fear. And as he was talking about that, First Timothy came to mind where it says, God is not the spirit of fear, but he's the spirit of power and love and a sound mind. And I, I knew there, I just... You know, sometimes where you can read and you just know God's talking to you. I knew he was talking to me. I knew I was wanting to sell because of fear. And so I just had a piece about it. So I did my business. I uh, checked in the hotel and I called up Marlon. As she answered and I said, hey, babe, I got something to share with you. And she said, wait, I've got something to share with you. I'll let her share what she well, shared. Well, just that morning, I had listened to Focus on the Family and lo and behold, Chuck Swindle was being interviewed on his book, The Mystery of God's Will, and he talked about fear and that fear should not keep you from doing what God is calling you to do, or you shouldn't react out of fear because yeah. of that verse that Gary just quoted. Yeah, so it was just like, wow, God spoke the same verse, the same messenger, and then she said kind of real cute to me, now I don't want you to be mad at me. But I'll support you, whatever you want to do, but I don't want you selling out of fear. And then I was able to share, you know, how God has spoke to us together. And so we never looked back. But the reason why that's perfect timing is, is what was cool is within that company was going to give us a, a certain amount down. And then the balance would come. I was going to stay working for them for like four or five years. Well, what happened within a year or two, that company went broke. So, we would have just got the first payment. And what happened within two years of that, God opened the doors in a very plain way. When Marla was at peace, we'd been praying about it, and he opened it in a clear way that if I wouldn't have listened to my dear wife, and if she wouldn't have been listening and just not at peace with it, and if he wouldn't have spoke to us in the way he did, a life song for orphans would have never happened because we would have sold at the wrong time. And so it was a... He's got perfect timing, and but we have to listen. Yeah, that's right. It makes me think of the threefold cord that is not easy to tear apart when you have the married couple and God involved in this. So I think this is a story that illustrates a healthy marriage. And I'm just curious, how did the two of you work together? And how would you advise couples to do the same? Well, from my perspective, one was that rule we had. We didn't. I mean, there were things that we disagreed on. And if I wanted to buy red socks instead of black socks, I could do that. But anything major, we wouldn't do without being at peace with it. And I also think just 
as this evolved, like we've already said, the prayer even having you, we, a lot of couples do this, they pray together, and I think that's great. But ours was more of a, I think we stimulated each other to pray more and have more of a quiet time together than we would have on our own. And I think that was something that it worked. And I also way. think that there were, like, just for instance, when he wanted to sell the business and I didn't have peace, it wasn't even something I prayed about right then. I just knew that I didn't feel peace about that. And then when the time came to sell the business to the right company, I knew, I mean, of course we committed that to prayer, but we just, I just knew intuitively that that's the way we, what we were supposed to do. And I feel like even on big decisions, you know, God directs our steps. And so sometimes we just are walking through life and he is directing the way we're going. And it doesn't always have to be a specific prayer request, but he just opens doors, he shuts doors. And I just think we just kind of walk and do. And if we are committing our lives to him, he is directing the way we're going. And sometimes it's actually as simple as that. It's been quite an adventure. And I think early on, I had this view. Once I got going to Ringer Fees, I thought, that would be where I retire. But we have really learned, I, I tell people to hold your life with an open hand mm-hmm. and just really be open to where God is leading and it, and it will be who knows what may turn up. I wasn't expecting to do what never, I'm doing, that's for sure. I expected this. <laughs> well, let's pick up with that part of the story then. You didn't sell to that first company. What happened next? Yeah, so we did sell to this company. To the next company. To the to the next yeah. company. And then all of a sudden we had this money that was more than we'd ever had that we had committed to give mm-hmm. for ministry. Mm-hmm. And I talked to a friend and mentor of mine. I said, what? Clay, his name was Clay. I said, Clay, what do we do with this money? And he said, be focused and involved. Don't just write checks. Be focused and involved. And also he said, and dream big that way if it happens bigger than you're you know big then you know it's God and not you so I I like that and and we just were used to this daily prayer so we started asking God what did he want us to focus on and one of our data points was a memory that had happened years ago that I'll let Marla explain yeah a young couple in church probably 20 years ago right, Mm -hmm. was adopting a little boy from Korea, Darren and Marie Yergler. And she had had cancer before she was married and so wasn't able to have children biologically. And so they were adopting. We were just chatting in the back hall, and she was telling me how much it was going to cost for them to bring this little boy home. And I went home that day, and I just said, Gary, no young couple should have to go into debt to have a child, to adopt a child especially. And she had told me how much it was going to be. We committed to helping them with that cost that time. And and it was just so cool because we had a vested interest in this little boy that came home from Korea. And so we would notice him in church. And it was just a real blessing in our life being able to help them. And it just sort of evolved into why don't we help other adoptive families with financial assistance who are trying to adopt. And from a business guy's perspective... It made sense to me, but it's costly to, to adopt. But then you're in the God's plan, a family, and there's no ongoing cost. The family pays for that. 
So it was that and several other things that led us into starting helping folks adopt. And it's been a great journey. And it's interesting because, like Gary said earlier, neither of us have adopted, but our children all have taken up that banner. Now we have nine adopted (laughs) grandkids. Nine adopted grandkids. So, yeah. And so from that point on, how did God expand your initial goal from creating this family foundation to then use Life Song for Orphans for so much more than you could have ever asked or imagined? Yeah, it's been quite a journey. And But originally, as you said, my goal when we first started doing these adoption grants was strictly our family foundation. And we had a small budget. We were helping what we could. But through that work, we got introduced to a lady who had started a ministry in Ukraine. And ultimately, she asked us to go over to Ukraine. We saw the ministry that was happening there. We were excited about it. And we came home feeling convicted that we should help with that. But if I knew that if we started helping that, it was bigger than our little foundation. And Marla and me were both, I'm the business guy, I make money, I don't ask for money. If we did this, I was going, we were going to have to start asking for help. Marla was always handling our charity. She didn't know how she felt about it. My uh, dad, who's always been a great mentor, he said, you know, you don't have to twist people's arms. Just ask them to come alongside. And it kind of reached a... He said, you, he said, you don't have to twist people's arms. You just have to tell, tell them the story. story. Yeah. And then they can come alongside. Yeah. Yeah. And it kind of reached a kind of a turning point was dad's advice. Plus, it was on a short seven-minute, eight-minute trip uh, from my house to the office where, I don't know if you remember Rich Mullins, but he was singing a song... Help me, Jesus, I'm shaking like a leaf. And that's kind of the way I felt. And and I was feeling like just kind of overwhelmed by the thought. And I felt, if you will, in repentance, I felt God was saying, you have spiritual pride about your family foundation. This is not about your family. It's about my family. And you need to let go. Let God. So I let go. And what happened was... I wanted it to be a family foundation because I wanted my kids involved. They're way more involved in yeah, LifeSong. Yeah, they're way more involved. And LifeSong yeah. has become way bigger than what we thought. We have helped now roughly 8,000 kids be adopted, and there's roughly 8,000 kids in orphan care ministries. It's just been way more than what we ever expected. And we've met, it's really expanded our view of the family of God, too. We've met mm-hmm. so many neat Christian believers. And to like me, I, that was yeah. a huge blessing because it totally took God out of his the box I had him in when I met believers from all over the world. And, and even just processing applications from adoptive families, reading their stories and the sacrifices they were making to adopt and the types of children with special needs that they were adopting. And I mean, it totally made my whole picture of the family of God or God's family global, you know, it, it really changed my, it just really changed me. It changed both of us. (laughs) It changed me in the sense I tell people I'm, uh, you know, I've been broken many times. Apostle Paul said I die daily. But I have had two major times where God broke me uh, that we've talked about here today. And I would say 
it's made me even when I see grandkids and kids go through things. It makes it makes me not get too worried about that because I know we got to go through some hard times for God. For me, I, I don't let go and and really trust Him unless I'm in a little trouble. Yeah, I think we can relate to that. And yeah. even with this story, it just goes back to one of your mentors' quotes that about dreaming big. And that way, if it happens, you know it was God. Yeah, and we know you. it was God. We know it was God. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, is there any last thought or action step that you would like to recommend to each listener today, both for radical business and radical parenting? Well, I would say from my perspective, what what has been life-changing for me is the quiet time in the morning. That has been the key to my change of getting to know Jesus in a much more personal way. And um, that's that's been life-changing for me. Well, I would say, first of all, support your husband. But second of all, I would say, don't be too hard on yourself as a mom, especially with young children. I was most consistent at being inconsistent. And we laugh about that today, but my kids have appreciated that fact about the way we raised them. So we didn't do everything right. That's awesome. Thanks for sharing that. And if anybody listening today wants to get involved further, whether that's reading your book, Radical Business, or learning more about Lifesong for Orphans, where would you direct them? Yeah, just go to Lifesong for Orphans. And our whole goal is to help other people get involved. And so feel free to check that out as far as the book. You can get that on the Lifesong website. And there's also a radicalbusiness.co website as well. And you can also get it on Amazon. And if you email info at lifesong.org, you can ask any question. You can ask for a book, you can ask how to get more involved, but definitely go to our website, lifesong.org. Perfect. We'll link to all of that in our show notes and on our resources page. So it makes it easy in case somebody's driving and they can't take notes right now. But our listeners know we are called the Savvy Sauce because savvy is synonymous with practical knowledge. And so as my final question today, what is your savvy sauce? Well, my favorite Bible verse, or one of them, I have several, but one of my favorites is be kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. And I just think kindness is very much missing in our culture and in our society today. And so I have a little plaque that I look at often. It says, be kinder than you feel. So I think Savvy Sauce would be, be kind. <laughs> I love that. Be kinder than you feel. Yeah, and I guess I've already said it. My main uh, Savvy Sauce would be the quiet time with the Lord and then just embrace an adventure. Don't be afraid to take risks because if you're in that day-to-day relationship with the Lord, then you're safe. Well, I've said this before, but I count it such a blessing to get to be related to both of you <laughs> and your amazing family. And this time was just so energizing, and I appreciate your story of faith and obedience, which has certainly stirred my heart today. So thanks for being my guest. Yeah, thank you. Thanks, Laura. It's been fun. One more thing before you go. Have you heard the term gospel before? It simply means good news, and I want to share the best news with you. But it starts with the bad news. Every single one of us were born sinners, and God is perfect and holy, so He cannot be in the presence of sin. Therefore, we're separated from Him. 
This means there's absolutely no chance we can make it to heaven on our own. So for you and for me, it means we deserve death and we can never pay back the sacrifice we owe to be saved. We need a savior. But God loved us so much, he made a way for his only son to willingly die in our place as the perfect substitute. This gives us hope of life forever in right relationship with him. That is good news. Jesus lived the perfect life we could never live and died in our place for our sin. This was God's plan to make a way to reconcile with us so that God can look at us and see Jesus. We can be covered and justified through the work Jesus finished if we choose to receive what he has done for us. Romans 10:9 says that if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So would you pray with me now? Heavenly Father, thank you for sending Jesus to take our place. I pray someone today, right now, is touched and chooses to turn their life over to you. Will you clearly guide them and help them take their next step in faith to declare you as Lord of their life? We trust you to work and change the lives now for eternity. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. If you prayed that prayer, you are declaring him for me, so me for him. You get the opportunity to live your life for him. At this podcast, we are called Savvy for a reason. We want to give you practical tools to implement the knowledge you have learned. So you're ready to get started? First, tell someone. Say it out loud. Get a Bible. The first day I made this decision, my parents took me to Barnes & Noble to get the Quest NIV Bible, and I love it. Start by reading the book of John. Get connected locally, which basically means just tell someone who is part of the church in your community that you made a decision to follow Christ. I'm assuming they will be thrilled to talk with you about further steps, such as going to church and getting connected to other believers to encourage you. We want to celebrate with you too, so feel free to leave a comment for us if you made a decision for Christ. We also have show notes included where you can read scripture that describes this process. Finally, be encouraged. Luke 15.10 says, In the same way, I tell you, there is rejoicing in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. The heavens are praising with you for your decision today. If you've already received this good news, I pray that you have someone else to share it with today. You are loved, and I look forward to meeting you here next time.